Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we're glad to be joined by Michelle Ugenti Rita, a woman who already has made quite a contribution to America's election integrity efforts. Michelle is a state senator in Arizona whose legislation five years ago to ban ballot harvesting was upheld six to three by the U.S. Supreme Court. That court decision late last month is expected to have ripple effects across the country. Michelle is now a candidate for Arizona Secretary of State. All right, Michelle, thanks so much for coming on today. It's really great to have you here. Uh, so give us a background about yourself, how you end up where you are and the office you're holding now, all that stuff. Yes, well, it's good to be here. Thank you. So it's Michelle Ugenti Rita, and I am currently a state senator. I have been representing this district that I'm in, which is the Scottsdale Rio Verde Fountain Hills district uh, for the past 11 years. I am now a candidate for the Office of Secretary of State here in Arizona. I've spent most of my legislative tenure uh, promoting and passing and crafting election-related policies, so this is a wonderful fit for me, but uh, I've also done other other things in the legislature, but this one is near and dear to my heart because we don't have elections. We don't really have a democracy. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get into first. You're obviously very passionate about this. Uh, you uh, you passed some big-time legislation that's made uh, big news, uh, and uh, <laughs> super happy that that all worked out. So, so just give us a little more background. So what makes you so passionate about this voter piece and, uh, and election integrity? Yes, I know this is a popular issue now, but you have to think back maybe eight years, 10 years, six, six years ago, certainly eight years ago, when I introduced and then successfully passed my first piece of election uh, law, I recognized early on that we needed to do something to protect our electoral process I could tell that there was a lot of manipulation going on in statutes. That's how they were, you know, bad actors really do influence the outcome of election. They go and they eat away and erode at the safeguards that are in statute, or they fight against new ones being adopted in the legislature. So again, eight years ago, I thought, look, as a Republican party, we should be doing far more to protect the electoral process. I started introducing bills. I became chair of the elections committee. Uh, the one uh, bill that you're referencing, that, uh, we, the reason that's timely is because we just got a Supreme Court ruling on ballot harvesting saying, look, uh, this law doesn't violate uh, Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. It was not introduced uh, with racial intent, and it's an appropriate safeguard to make sure that elections don't have abuses in them. Uh, but that's just one of many pieces that I've done throughout the course of my time. So you've been on it for a long time, which is, you know, good for you. You were thinking ahead. I think we're definitely in a place now where, right, they kick the bear and everybody's awake and paying attention. And so it's, uh, I'm sure it's nice to be in your spot. It's like, I told you so, this is coming, right? And so, <laughs> but you were working it, so that's great. So um, so talk to talk about your reaction when you heard the Supreme Court ruling. Um, really cool for you, but let's hear about that. What was that like? It was a big deal. So you got to remember, they get thousands of, of um, pieces of, of litigation or, or um, lawsuits, excuse me, that the Supreme Court can then decide if they want to take uh, in, in order to look at and then render a decision at the United States Supreme Court. Some they just uh, reject and push down to the back to the appellate court. So I was excited when I heard that they were going to take uh, this lawsuit. And 
as the sponsor of the bill and as someone who has defended it at the legislature, in the media, in the court of public opinion, and actually had to testify on behalf of it, I knew it wasn't introduced with racial motivations or intent. I mean, that was just uh, the Democrats using cheap rhetoric to scare the public. And I felt confident that we would get the ruling we did, but of course I didn't take anything for granted and didn't really ultimately know that. But if you look at the bill, if you actually read the language of the bill, it's reasonable, it's, it's common sense. It simply says that uh, third party individuals cannot intercept someone's ballot and turn it in on their behalf. There are exceptions, which I think demonstrate that I as a sponsor in the legislature who passed it obviously can identify exceptions to the rules and what are those a caregiver or your spouse or a household member makes sense that they would be able to turn in your ballot for you and that those provisions uh, were drafted and included in the bill but if you don't fall within those exceptions no you know a stranger or an activist or your neighbor they can't right. turn in right. your ballot it, why should they uh why should you break kind of why or why should you separate the voter from the ballot when you do that you introduce a opportunity for lots of things to go wrong. So it makes sense that you would want to prohibit it. There's not a lot, a, enough benefit uh, to justify keeping that kind of practice. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the key piece there. Is it's reasonable, you know. And you knew yeah. better. Than, you knew better than anybody else. You're looking at it going, this makes total sense as long as they, you know, have common sense on the Supreme Court. And I, you know, I appreciate Alito more and more over the years, and he made the point. You know, Kagan was trying to go down that path of like, well, if it inconveniences just one person, it's a racial thing or something like that. And, you know, we've always said it's like the death of common sense. And in, in this situation, common sense wasn't dead. And you can't manage the common good through exceptions. And so you have to say, well, there's a certain way to do this. And I was really, really happy to see that that language was in there. And, and that was part of the ruling as well. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because what they identified is that the burden existed for every voter. So this right. bill again affects everyone who votes by mail. It didn't disproportionately make it more difficult for one community uh, versus another. It's every voter's responsibility to turn in their ballot if they elect to vote by mail. So in Arizona, you elect, you sign up to vote by mail, the voluntary program. If you don't find voting by mail convenient, then don't sign up. You can vote in a variety of other ways. It's a very convenient place to vote here in Arizona. You can vote early in person, early day of. Um, so if that's not something you wanna do, don't sign up to vote by mail. But if you do sign up to vote by mail, then you are responsible for returning your ballot. Again, just makes sense when you say it. Yeah, simple stuff. And the other part of it too that we, lose track of often is the disenfranchisement of somebody who voted legally when they get their vote canceled by somebody who was fraudulent. And we don't talk enough about that. And that's really where this is at with us as Republicans. It's not about making it hard. It's about making it fair and giving people confidence that they need back in the system. I mean, I've heard you talk about this. I saw this in some of your website materials and your campaign stuff is this this confidence piece. You know, if, if we all start losing confidence in the elect, election system, we're in big trouble. You know, and I know that's a that's at the root of what you're working on too, right? Well, absolutely. And it really harkens back to why I even got involved in the subject area to begin with, because it's really not about, you know, who I want elected to win or who someone else wants, you know, to, to win a particular race. It's about having that confidence. 
if you don't have voter confidence, it is so corrosive to the system. It it wreaks, it just it it does such damage to the institution because now you have people doubting the results instead of just maybe being disappointed that their candidate didn't win, which is reasonable. They're now starting to wonder, did something influence that? Is that really, you know, what happened? And that is very dangerous when you get the public who starts to doubt or question the results and accuracy of an election. So I can't even stress how, again, important it is for a legislative body in Arizona or any state uh, to take up this cause. It's completely within the state's purview to want to protect the process of the administration of elections. We all benefit. I mean, when I say we, Republicans, Democrats, mm-hmm. independents, Green Party, all we all benefit when we have a process that we believe in. And um, right now, it's 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 been damaged, and it needs it needs to be healed. And people need to understand that when they vote their vote counts um, so that they have confidence in the system. Yeah, for sure. And the great thing about you, too, and I know you're encouraging your fellow Republicans to be this way, too, is you got to be courageous about it now because when you start talking about fraud, it's like, whoa, no, you're racist or whatever else. They're going to come after you, the big lie, all that stuff. And so I really appreciate it when people like you stand up and say, you know, we, we have to work on this because it wasn't right. It, there were things that were wrong with this last, last election. We're going to fix them, which brings me to my next topic is uh, Maricopa County. So, yeah. what, so what do you think is going gonna, is gonna to come out on this? I, I, is it, it's pretty soon, right, that they're going to be done with this thing? And, yeah, so what's the, you know, as much as you can share, you know, I know there's a lot under, under lock and key still, but what, what do you, you think is going to happen? Sure. So you're talking about the audit that was yep. initiated at the uh, state senate and I'm, I'm a senate member and we initiated our own audit of the maricopa county uh, election and we have finalized that but now they are in the phase of compiling the information and putting together a report i uh, am not privy to that nor should i be right because i don't want anything to do with the report until i see it uh, just like the public and uh, that's important and I'm very anxious to get to get the results because I believe once we have the report, then we can more judiciously uh, go after changes that need to be made. I actually uh, chair the government committee, which hears all the election bills in the Senate. So after the report is released, we're going to convene my government uh, committee and go over the port, uh, the report and then identify problems that can be uh, fixed legislatively. Uh, if they're highlighted in, in the report but we need a baseline that's why this thing is so important we need a baseline to work from and the maricopa county board of supervisors for not just this last election but because i've been doing this for quite some time i have battled with them for years they often oppose election policy changes even the most minor i have fought against them constantly just to do the most minor change they are very um, protective over their little fight them. And the result is, of that has been a lack of transparency and trust. The public just flat out doesn't trust the board of supervisors right now at all. And it's not just because of 2020. It is because for the last decade plus, they, they ignore voters. They marginalize them. They call them crazy or conspiracy theorists and make them feel 
that they don't have valid complaints. And so a problem has been brewing for a very long time. And it's now it has come to its head with 2020. And I'm glad that the Senate took initiative to get to the bottom of, of what happened, if anything, so that we can move forward with changes uh, that will have a real impact so this never happens again. Yeah, that's right. And I think they've been ignoring a lot of their own citizens, yeah. you know, forgetting who their, you know, customers are, you know, yeah. and uh, just blowing everybody off. And I think that there's going to be a lot coming out. Um, we do a lot of work around here as well. And uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming out that are big, a lot of people that are so supposedly in power and have been taking care of things. Don't, nothing to see here. Move on. They're going to have a lot of explaining to do. And uh, I think that's probably going to happen in Maricopa County and other places as well. Well, no question. Look, it's one of the largest counties in the country. So there's a lot of, because of just the size and its scope, I mean, there are a lot of places where things can, can go wrong and you ought to check to make sure the process is being followed. You know, I've been concerned about this for quite some time, again, even prior to 2020, because this has been an issue prior to 2020, but really the um, competency level, our corners being cut, is statute being followed? Is it being misinterpreted? Is I mean, are they doing, are they complying with not just statute, but with the election procedures manual? This is critical because if they're not, then maybe that has contributed uh, to some of the things that we've seen, particularly in 2020. But again, I'll just stress this, it's just, they've got such a history of problems. One of them being just delayed results. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. When you have delayed results, and that has plagued uh, Maricopa County for a very long time, people, that starts to breed skepticism yeah. and concern. People start to wonder, what's taking so long? Yeah. So something simply as being more timely would go a long way to help facilitate voter confidence. But where have they been? Why aren't they pushing legislation? Why aren't they addressing it? What are, what are they doing to fit some of these very obvious deficiencies? I'll tell you, they've done nothing. So then the question is, what else are they not doing anything about? Right, right. Well, we got to find all the errors and fix it going forward. And when it's, and nobody's trying to re-legislate or re, uh, recount the vote for the last election. It's all about going forward and having that confidence. And you're absolutely right, that timely piece. I mean, how many people on election night are going, what do you mean we're stopping counting? We're, I'm, I'm glued to my TV. Let's go. What's going on? You know, and they just, oh, we'll get back to you later. You know, so it's just, it's, it's yeah, insane. Weeks, it's, it's not acceptable. Not yeah. in you know, 2021, not with the kind of technology and advancements we have, that's that's not an excuse. That's right. So besides the timely, last, th last thing for you, what what one other thing do you think is the like key thing that needs to be fixed from your, in your opinion right now going forward? So to me, in statute right now, we have a process to trigger a recount, except that our process to trigger the recount is meaningless because it's a tenth of a percent between the two candidates or 200 votes whichever is less so it has the effect of not having any functional meaning because it's so low there's never really a race or very rarely very very rarely does a race really trigger or fall within like a 200 vote uh, gap i think one of the biggest things we can do moving forward and i had a bill to do this but it died is to increase the recount margin and if we had the recount margin in place in uh, 2020 then several races would have been triggered because they were that close uh the trump biden race was one of them 
but there are about three or four other races that would have also been triggered. So when you have a close race, naturally people get start to get a little bit more involved or they, they start to pay a little bit more attention because the difference between the first and second uh, place uh, is so tight that you do want to make sure things were run well, corners weren't cut, and then that the outcome is truly reflective of the voting population. So you do want to have a trigger in statute. And um, I, I'm going to be advancing the bill again to make sure that we increase that so that we have automatic recounts, that we don't have to rely on the County Board of Supervisors to authorize. And um, this will provide public peace of mind that when races are close, there's a process in place to check to make sure the outcome was really the outcome. Yeah, good for you. That's a good one. Definitely needed. And you're right, that's a super small margin. And right. I, all, I I feel bad for these candidates that are going to watch all this stuff start to come up and be like, wow, there were a lot of problems in the election system. And I, I lost by 500 votes, you know, four years ago. And they're going to be thinking, man, you know, all these. But it is what it is. We got to go forward. We got to fix everything as, as best we can. And, uh, and, and thanks for all you're doing. You know, you're out on the front lines there. And Wow, big win, big wins. That's good good for you, the Supreme Court stuff. So, well, thanks for coming on today. Love to have you back, especially as things continue to transpire. I'm sure there'll be some more dramatic things in the future, but uh, but, but love to have you back, and thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to 1-312-820-9167.